today we are talking about removing the feelings of guilt and shame when it comes to food. We live in a diet culture with a new fad or restrictive diet or skinny tea every time we turn around. We see messages about getting your body back after baby and pictures of super airbrushed bodies in our feet all day. Of course, we're going to compare ourselves and feel less than. If you listen to the podcast on the regular, you know I talk a lot about picturing yourself at 90 years old and looking back on what was important. Do you think there's any chance you'll think to yourself, God, I'm just so glad I spent my whole life obsessing about food and my body? No way. Another thing I talk about all the time is bandwidth. We only have so much bandwidth in a day and any minutes you spend regretting what you ate or talking negatively about your body are minutes you aren't spending doing things you love. Today, our conversation is going to be based around the concept of intuitive eating and listening to your body. No diets, no negative talk, just a really healthy way to approach food and our bodies. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited for this episode. This is one that I've been thinking about and listening to. Some podcasts, I'll read a couple things or a couple articles, a couple quotes, and I'll be inspired. And other podcast episodes, I literally want to consume so much information before doing it. This is one of those ones where I read everything I could and listened to everything over the course of a couple weeks and implemented things into my own life and talked to people in my own world before recording this podcast. It's just such a big topic. Talking about eating and food and our relationship with food and eating without guilt and the difference between guilt and shame and thinking back kind of on my own journey towards having a healthy relationship with food and diets. This whole thing is very complicated and I always want to come in saying, I'm not a nutritionalist, I'm not a dietitian, I am not an expert, but my goal with this podcast is to bring up a variety of topics that I think are important, that I think are worth hitting pause on life for a couple minutes to think about. And I think some podcast episodes might ring true like a thousand percent for you. Like I'll have people hit me up on DMs who say, oh my gosh, it was like you are speaking to me. This is my biggest struggle in life right now. And then I'll have other people who say, oh, you know, I feel like I have a pretty good handle on this, but I got a couple really good tips or hacks. So wherever you are in that process with any podcast topic, but especially with this one, I'm excited that you're here with me because I think that this is something that is ongoing and changing, especially as food changes and the food that is available and diets change and social media changes. There's so much that goes into food and how we think about food and how we approach our plan of eating and how we approach our bodies and what we look like and what we want to look like and what we see online and on TV and on social. So jumping right in, I have so many notes because like I said, every time I would listen to something that made sense to me from a bunch of different books. And I really like listening to people who have 
sort slightly different approaches. Obviously, everyone has the same positive goal in mind. These experts are working to help people, specifically women. Most most of the things that I read about and listening to work geared towards women, but really it applies to everybody. Um, helping them work through any sort of body issues or negative self-talk about body or eating issues, whether it's restrictive eating or binge eating or something, something in between there. Everyone has good intentions, but I think it's really – there are some very interesting, cool takeaways that I think if this is one of those things where you feel like you need 100% improvement on or just 10% improvement on, I guarantee with all of the notes I have from a whole bunch of different experts, you will find something or many things that stick with you. I think that the importance of having a good – body image is just so important. And I think that it carries over to other parts of our lives. Like anything, it just, it doesn't stick with just, it doesn't, just doesn't stick with how you think about yourself and your body. But if you're having negative thoughts about that, it definitely is affecting your overall happiness and your mental stress and your mental happiness. So we're talking about intuitive eating, which means listening to your body listening to what you're craving, what you feel like, what foods make you feel good and feel fueled and have energy. Also, when are you actually hungry? I can't believe honestly that it's taken me this long in life, (laughs) turning 40 in a month, to realize eat when you're hungry. Just because it's noon doesn't mean you have to have lunch. Of course, unless you're on a set schedule with work or if you kind of have a set set schedule like that. But even even so, I think that can be played with because eat when you're hungry. Don't just eat because it's time. I never thought I could be an intermittent faster. I was the type of person who I woke up and I ate something right away. And then once I learned about intermittent fasting and I thought, okay, I'm not going to make myself miserable. I'm not going to make myself grumpy and I'm I don't think it's healthy to walk around being hungry all the time. So I don't I just I never thought it was for me. Then I just figured, okay, I'm just going to eat when I'm hungry. It sounds so simple, but it makes sense. A baby cries when it's hungry, but somehow most of us lose that along the way because of this diet culture. So intuitive eating is all about listening to your body and trusting yourself. A couple other things before I get into all these expert tips, things that really have worked the most for me. So intermittent fasting has worked great for me because I just feel like I'm not eating all day long. It makes me have more energy. I usually have my first bite at noon and my last bite at 7 p.m. It's not a hard rule for me because I found that if it was a hard rule and I was like staring at the clock, then that is when I started doing too much of restrictive eating and then it would get in my head. Again, think about your bandwidth. And if this issue is causing you to have more, use more bandwidth than you really should, like if you get to where you're thinking about when you're going to eat all day, then I think then it's counterproductive. So on days when I wake up and either I'm starving or I'm low on energy and I need food and fuel or I just don't feel like it, then I don't. I don't make it a hard rule because I think that anything with diet should not be extreme and it should be flexible because it's a lifestyle not a diet. It should work with you. So for me, I love intermittent fasting most days. I don't do it, like I said, when I don't feel like it. 
or when the family is doing something. If everyone wants to go out for breakfast or things like that, I don't adjust my lifestyle because of it. I'll just have something lighter if I'm not actually hungry. So I found that with intermittent fasting, I was kind of doing that thing where I didn't just eat because it was time for breakfast. I waited till I was hungry to eat, which is naturally just a little bit later in the day. I'll have water, I'll have a cold brew, and then usually the first thing I have is a celery juice. Like once I am quote unquote breaking the fast, um, I'll have a nice big celery juice before my first meal and that's what makes me feel good. So I listen to, I'm obsessed with diet nutrition and and I say the word diet, but really I should just say nutrition and eating and fueling the body. And I love working with my nutritionalist and my functional medicine doctor and I take everything that they say, but then I try it out because different things work for different people. And having a celery juice first thing, first kind of to break the fast is one of the things they recommended and it stuck because I love it and it makes me feel good and have the most energy. So that's the thing that I think that I've really learned the most in researching all of this and trying a bunch of different things is by doing this intuitive eating, by just listening to your body and really taking note, writing a little journal down. I have a little notepad in my drawer next to my bed. And I'll, at the end of the day, only if something stood out, made me feel really great or really lousy, I'll just write it in there. So that way I know. So maybe you... maybe you realize that pizza makes you feel crappy. Like you want it, but then it makes you feel awful. So maybe the next time you'll have one slice of pizza and a salad instead of four slices of pizza. And it's really interesting because by not removing completely, I feel like it takes the power of it. You can't say, I feel crappy from eating pizza today. I'm never eating pizza again. How about just have less of it and then balance it out with something else and then you'll probably feel better. I try to find a balance between foods that taste good and foods that I enjoy and then also foods that make me feel good and make me have energy afterwards. You know that lunch crash if you have just like a too big of a lunch or the wrong lunch and then you just have like, oh, like a gut bomb. Like, are you kidding me? You're like dead for the rest of the day. That's not where we want to be. So I'll write it down. I'll either make a little mental note or I put it in my little book right next to my bed because it's so easy to forget. I mean, we eat you know, most of the time, three meals a day, 21 meals a week. It's a lot of meals to keep up with. So I just try to really listen to my body and I never deprive myself. If I want to treat, I try to make it something that is not a refined sugar or a white starch. I'll have, I'll make like little peanut butter protein balls or peanut butter protein cookies or or I'll have berries and drizzle dark chocolate over it. Something to where I feel I never feel deprived. If I have a craving or I feel like something, having something, I always have it. I just try to make healthy, good choices. So that way I I never, I very rarely weigh myself, but that way I feel like I feel good. I feel like I'm, you know, close to where I want to be and I feel um, I feel healthy and strong. That's the goal for me. My last tip before I get into what the actual experts say, I try to make a conscious choice about what it is that I'm going to indulge on. Okay, so if I decide that I'm going to indulge on a slice of cake at a birthday, I'm decisive about it. So I realized in the past, I was kind of shooting myself in the foot because I would be indecisive and then that started a whole spiral in my mind. So now, I'm just decisive. Does that thing sound so good? And if so, yes, perfect. Decisions made. I'm not going to overthink it and I'm not going to second guess it. 
I'm going to decide. I'm going to enjoy it. And here's the key. You cannot negative talk or negative think during or after because then what's the point? You have to do it. And so that's why for me, I don't do it very often because then it feels special. I wait till it feels like if the kids are getting donuts in the morning and it's just like, oh, that looks like the best thing ever. Perfect. Then I'll go for it. But if I'm like kind of on the fence, nope, hard no. I have to be like, oh, yes, that, yes, 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 that looks so good. Because that's when I can, again, kind of stay slim and feel strong and healthy for me. That's what it's all about, not being skinny, not being thin. I don't even like that word or that term, but you know what I mean? Just feeling fit, feeling strong, feeling like, you know, my core is engaged, just feeling good, feeling how I like to feel. Um, so for me, that's really the key, but you can't do it too much or else it kind of, it kind of loses that specialness. So decide, be super decisive. Once you decide, go all in. Do not say, oh, I should not be eating this. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm eating this. Or afterwards, oh, I'm so mad at myself. I hate myself for eating it. Those are the things. And I used to do it without even realizing. Afterwards, I would be like, uh, like if we went to a brunch and I tried all the different desserts. Listen, that's an experience. You don't go to brunch that often. Pick it. If that's what you choose, if that really looks awesome, choose it and then enjoy it. And because listen, then you're, like I said, you're getting yourself in a spiral if you do that after talk where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I ate that. I shouldn't. The regret of it. No, you don't even do it that often. It's good for you. Decide, indulge, and don't guess. Okay. So let's get into intuitive eating. There are actual experts that have entire philosophies and programs about intuitive eating. And I loved listening to it and researching it and learning all about what it is. And it's basically listening to your body. Trust yourself. It's just what happens to your body after you eat something. Write it down. Like I said in the introduction, we live in a crazy culture with social media and this what I call skinny tea culture, which are usually just kind of laxatives and all these things that promise to be the magic answer. But what we do know is it is a lifelong journey. And the sooner that you figure out your jam for having a healthy relationship with your body and food, the easier it will be. So when you get into the concept of intuitive eating, most of the things that they will say at the beginning is put weight loss aside for a second. They are basically anti-diet nutritionalists, which I love. I'm sure you've heard me say on the podcast, I'm anti-strict diets. I'm anti-choose cleanses. I just think they generally don't work or you end up gaining the weight back. So when you get into intuitive eating, you remove the weight loss for a minute and think about it with the intention of just improving your relationship with food and your body image. Listen to your body's cues in a loving way, not a harsh way. Like examples. Say you didn't have time to work out this morning, but you went to you were going to dinner and you want to have a little dessert and you're like I can't. I can't eat that because I didn't work out this morning. In a way that's punishing yourself. Like you didn't earn it. I love listening to Brené Brown just in general her talking about worthiness and her, she calls herself a shame researcher. And one of the best concepts that she talks about is you wake up worthy. You don't have to earn worthiness. And I love that concept in general. 
And I like to think of it in the same way when we talk about food and nutrition and bodies is because you don't have to earn it. Like just because you didn't get a workout and it doesn't mean you didn't earn that dessert. You wake up worthy. Um, and I think that the other concept that I love, love, love about this way of thinking about nutrition is it is not worth sacrificing your mental health to be thin. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. I think a lot of people are restricting themselves, not eating nearly enough calories and thinking about it all day. How could you not? You're hungry. You're seeing food and thinking about food that you are forbidding yourself to have. It takes up most of your bandwidth and it takes up so much energy and that's stressing and it's just not worth your mental health. How much for most people, what would you be? Five, 10 pounds thinner? Is that worth your, as long as you're healthy and you know, your doctor says you're healthy and all that is checking out is checking out well. If it's for vanity, I just don't worry. I just know it's not worth sacrificing your mental health to be thin. It's just not. So thinking about what we can get out of intuitive eating, it's physical and it's mental. First, dieting is so hard on our body. You yo-yo, your weight is changing. You, when you're this extreme, a lot of times you're working out even if you're sick and that's not good for you. And emotionally, it's a mess. Dieting can start out nice because we're humans. We like structure. Okay, so there's a plan and there's structure. We like that. But then no matter what, well, we end up breaking the diet in some way. And so then it starts this kind of mental chaos where we stop trusting ourselves and we can even, you know, feel like we're losing our mind because we can't stick to this plan that was a bad plan to begin with. Once we start working with our bodies, we usually hit a stable weight that our, our bodies are healthy at and we're happy at and we have more energy because we're eating foods that, that make us feel good and we're getting enough calories. We're not starving ourselves to be thin and we're happier because we have more bandwidth and headspace for other things because we're not obsessing about eating and dieting and feeling bad after it. That, that is all a lot of mental energy. If you have this food fixation, think about it. Naturally, you're taking up a lot of your brain power and you can't handle as much in the day because you're spending time thinking about this. And if you're overburdened in your cognitive world, maybe it's time to listen to your body and work with it, not against it. A lot of times in this concept of intuitive eating, it's very free. I think for myself, I take on a little bit more of a structured intuitive eating because I'll eat at night just because it's cozy, but then it makes me feel crappy afterwards. So there's kind of like a, a sweet spot, little song and dance, giving yourself grace, but also knowing how your body feels, learn from past experiences. So I'll make my delicious peanut butter cups and I'm completely full after I have like two nice big cups, but then they're so delicious. I'll just sit in the kitchen and have two more, but then I just feel I just feel overfull at that point. So I love the idea of intuitive eating with I like for me I think of it with gentle restrictions. But I'm do it's intuitive eating on both sides. It's giving yourself grace to eat what you want, but also being intuitive to know what makes you feel good, what's just enough and then what pushes you overboard so you go to bed not feeling good like you would have if I didn't eat those last two massive cups that I wasn't hungry for that just kind of put me over the edge. Again, not a huge deal, but just intuitive eating, connecting with your body 
and remembering how you feel and making a better decision the next time. So how do we start? How do we connect with our bodies again? I think talking about women and moms, it's we're so hard on our bodies as moms and I don't think that we really, most of us take the time to think about how insane it is that we can make humans and after you make a human, it's just so unrealistic most of the time and we all have different pregnancies and deliveries to think like, okay, now it's time to bounce back and quote, get your get babe, your po- your pre-baby body back and get your quote, mommy makeover going. I just think that um, we just have to give ourselves grace and still work hard, but listen to your body and realize that by obsessing over it, you might be moving further away from your goals because you're giving yourself a body issue and then you're restricting yourself, which often leads to binge. I'm telling you, it's so much better. Give yourself grace. Take it down. Don't do the extreme things. Listen to your body. Eat as many whole foods as you can and splurge when you want to splurge. Make a decision. Be decisive about it. Enjoy it. And then get back to your regularly scheduled program. Another thing that I think is really important to realize is is that social media can have a big impact on us and even people that we like but may make us feel crappy about ourselves. So I think it's important to unfollow or just mute someone for the time being if they're constantly making you feel – and it could not be their fault. They could be awesome. But something about the way way it, you know, leaves an impression on you – has you thinking or talking negatively about your food or your body or your your eating, mute them. T- let's take that off the table, especially while we're working on this. And we need to work on our self-talk. I read so much about what experts say about this, and this is kind of the summary. When you feel those negative thoughts, first, be aware of them and don't go down the spiral. Like, quote, I look like I have a muffin top in these jeans. Then you sit and think about the piece of cake you had two weeks ago or the pizzas that you ate late night with your girlfriends. Stop, stop, stop. We are actual humans with emotions and we have complicated lives. And sometimes we need to have pizza and champagne at midnight. It is good for our mental health and it will be fine. But it's that negative talk that we have to be aware of and stop it and don't go down the spiral. On the topic of emotional eating. This is what my takeaway was from the experts that I studied. Ask yourself, are you hungry? If no, ask yourself, okay, then what's going on? If you are hungry, go eat. And sometimes you don't always have the answer for what is going on. So say you go to emotional eat and ask yourself, what is it I really need right now? Maybe you need a walk with fresh air. Maybe you need a hug. Maybe you need to be alone. Maybe you need to eat a big bowl of ice cream. Maybe that's just what you needed. Most of the experts that I read their books and articles on said that a lot of times a good emotional eat is fine. And sometimes it can be good and beneficial. Maybe you need a hug or a kiss or an I'm sorry from someone and they're not there or they're not willing or that's not possible. So maybe that big bowl of ice cream is that comfort for that moment. Maybe that is what you needed. It doesn't always have to be a bad thing. It can be how we buffer sometimes, and that's okay. But choose when you think it will make you feel better, not worse. Our eating behaviors and patterns 
often have history to them. This is another thing I didn't really think about until I was doing all this research. And most researchers say that our feelings about food and our eating behaviors have been there since childhood. Our relationship to food is built in childhood and now we are living it, which makes me think about a whole new podcast topic that I need another several months to research on, something like how to be awesome at you know, helping kids have a healthy relationship with food and how our own relationship with food, how our kids read that and how we approach food in their lives. I just don't want to give my kids anything they will need to undo. So if you have tips, please send them to me. That will be the next podcast in this, in this topic. Um, because think about it, especially when, if you are, I'm almost 40, if you're in my generation, as kids, we were taught usually that we had to clear our plate, but now we know that this isn't really healthy messaging. If kids are full, we shouldn't force them to keep eating food. Also, sometimes it's natural to have a treat as a reward, but sometimes that might not be beneficial too. Like you won your game, so you get to go for ice cream. Some, some, it's kind of like it has to be earned. Again, like I said, with my favorite researcher, Brene Brown, like you wake up worthy. It's not like you have to earn it. So that's a very, that's a very fine line that we kind of need to, that we kind of need to figure out and make sure that we're not always using treats as rewards. So it's not like we're doing it, we're doing it as a prize, but sometimes it's fun too. That's tricky. I will do research and I will report back on what experts say this whole kind of conversation, but more geared towards our kids and have, having them, now that we know better, I mean, think about how much more we know about nutrition and health and mental health in the last 20 years. So applying that to kids, I think is a great conversation to have. So I will get on top of that and I will re- report back. But back to us as adults, researchers say, in my research, I found that nutritionalists say that we need to always pay attention like I said, to how you feel. If you feel crappy after you eat something, write it down. Same with exercise. You can't do it as a reward or a punishment. So find what's fun for you. So that way you aren't allowing yourself just to eat something just because you exercise. You know, like it's not this push-pull. If that works for you, and I'm going to get into tips that people left on social media. I did a um, like a little blurb box where people put in their messages because I like hearing from experts, but I also like hearing from you guys and what works for you practically in real life. Like you're an expert too in your own world when it comes to this. So find what's fun for you for exercise. So this whole uh, this whole idea of loving your body in the process is just easier. Okay. What if you have people in your life who are negative about your body or the food you eat? So sometimes there are there are judges who will say, "Oh, wow, are you going to make a second plate?" Actually, yes, I am. I'm still hungry. Or those people that are pushers, like, come on, have more, or what's wrong? Why aren't you eating pie with the rest of us? I think that it takes strength, and sometimes it takes being um, a little stern with someone. My favorite thing is just to either say or have the attitude we are not having this conversation because, you know, sometimes you don't feel like pie. Maybe that just doesn't sound great to you. If you're going to have a treat, you want it to be a chocolate cake, not an apple pie. Um, but I think that sometimes 
people don't mean it harshly, but sometimes we can get those people, those ju- those judgers, those eating judgers or the pushers. So if you encounter those, make sure that you get rid of any of that talk really what really really quick because listen, we have enough of a battle in our own mind about our own body and our own um, food intake. The last thing we need is opinions of others. It is your body. You get to choose. And I don't, it's hard not to take comments, you know, personally. Um, I just always think, okay, we are not having this conversation. So whether you say it like that or you think that and you give a nice smile, I think that that's one thing that I wanted to make sure I mentioned is other people's negative self-talk because sometimes our thoughts are not actually our thoughts. They're thoughts that someone else has said that then become our thoughts, but they just didn't start out that way. So I think that's important to know. Another important note is if you let yourself have the foods you want, you're less likely to go crazy. So you know when you are eating so restrictive and then you finally have a, or how about this? Say you're eating so, so, so restrictive, then you finally have a cocktail or whatever your cocktail is, champagne, beer. So now your guard's down and then you binge. You fully overindulge because you've been so restrictive. So now in, you know, say you were restrictive for a week and you tried to lower your calorie or you tried to, or you completely avoided certain foods, but now the minute your guard is down, you fully overindulge. Um, you know, if, if you're focused on calories, you fully blew out your calories for the day, if not for several days, and you probably feel awful mentally and physically. So that's why I really think that you should never completely restrict, especially a craving, because then I think it's inevitable that you're going to go crazy with it at some point. And let's talk about forbidden foods and how you can kind of reclaim your power. Sometimes I think we make foods forbidden and it becomes this thing. But then you actually, when you go and actually have the food, you realize it wasn't even that, like it wasn't what you thought it would be. And I think sometimes we actually give power to foods because it is like a forbidden. It is such a hard no that you give certain foods power over you because you resist it so hard. Remember, you have a choice about how you react and how you react to your thoughts and your cravings. Another tip Don't label foods as good or bad. This sets you up for guilt. This sets you up for so much guilt. So rather than saying good or bad, maybe you say it's fuel or it's a treat. That's how I look at it. Like I try to eat as much as I can for fuel. I'm eating lean turkey and sweet potatoes and green beans and all my favorite things. But then when I'm having something, it's more for this is for this is for a treat. So nothing is good or bad. So for me, it's kind of like this. It is a fuel or it is, we'll call it a treat, which would be like a healthy indulgence or it's a full indulgence. Those are the three categories for me. And this is the way that makes it. So I'm telling you, I have such a better like body image, but also just relationship with food to where I just don't think about it as much as I used to because I categorize it like that. I try to eat as many fuel foods as possible. Then I'll interlace treats whenever I want, like a little a little something after every meal. And then I have those indulgences when I choose them. And then I, like we talked about, I don't regret them. I don't negative talk them 
full on, whether it's a Mastro's butter cake or a Dairy Queen blizzard or a Pazuki. Oh, my favorite with the warm cookie. Whatever it is, choose it. Make your indulgence worth it. Enjoy every bite of it. And then go back to your fuel. For me, this is been the best way to kind of balance it all out and not put anything off limits. So even though I like to eat within kind of certain parameters because that's what makes me feel the most energized and the most, you know, fueled, nothing's off limits just by thinking there's because then it's it's just too restrictive and then the foods have power over me. Studies show that some people can just brush off messages about body image easier than others. This was really interesting to me. People who tend to be perfectionists are going to have a harder time. So if someone says something or they're going to be much more critical about their body. So I think it's interesting to point out that we're all different. Some people naturally are going to brush things off and um, others of us are going to be more of perfectionists and and really analyze every detail. Or if someone says something negative, we're going to hang on every word and we're going to repeat it and we're going to remember it. Now, There's a next level to this, of course, and eating disorder type behavior is serious, like super restricting food or purging or um, throwing up. And of course, talk to a professional if you think that would be helpful. I am all about mental health. I feel like I, um, I don't know, I feel like we can all use a therapist at some points in our life and I think there should be absolute zero stigma about it. And I don't think that you have to have a, what you would consider a full-blown eating disorder to need help. And again, there are really cool, if this is something you struggle with, um, if you feel like, or if you know you have a true eating disorder, then I think that you should really seek out, a, um, you know, a licensed professional on it. But I think that there, is, there are different levels to it. And I think that these intuitive eating experts, these nutritionalists and dietitians are such a great resource to just help get to connect with, to help you on your journey of having a good relationship with food. I just think it's so important and I think it's so cool that there are different that there are different levels. It's just not it's not like traditional therapy where it's just like, okay, you know, if you're not starving yourself or throwing up, you don't have an eating disorder and you don't need a therapist. No, there's so many ways to have unhealthy relationships with food and diet and eating and our bodies. And I think that it's very cool that there are a whole bunch of different ways that we can seek help, whether you read a book on it or you join one of these cool groups. I just think that there's just so much to offer. Another thing that I think is such a good point, then I will get into tips from social media. You have to talk to your own self about your body like you would talk to your best friend or your child about their body. I love this. And when I decided, whatever that was, a year ago that I was going to stop covering up my body, I'm going to stop wrapping a towel around my body every chance I get and wearing a cover-up till the last millisecond till I got in the pool. I stopped doing all that because I decided that first of all, what was that showing my kids? And it just, it, it takes so much bandwidth to think, to, to think of it like that. But also the words I was saying to myself, I would never say to my child, like, oh, you need to keep this cover up on because your stomach is looking flabby. I'm not sure why, but it is, it's not okay. So you keep that thing covered until you're going in the pool. No, you would never say that to your best friend. Imagine saying that to someone. And 
you have to be your number one fan. You have to be your own biggest supporter. So I always tell myself the minute, that's my little instant pep talk in my head. The minute I say, you know, whatever, whatever I, whatever I go to look in the mirror and pinch or say to myself, or God, how did you let yourself gain this extra weight here or whatever it is? I think, would I ever say that to my best friend? No, no way. She is a beautiful, awesome human. I would never say that to her. So why would I say that to myself? All right. Tips from social media. When I asked, hey, what do you do in your life that actually works? How do you enjoy food without having any guilt? And this is what I got. Being consistent with exercise, fasting, and eating healthy. Someone else said, have a cheat day on the weekend. So eat healthy for six days, then one day off. Someone else said, I plan for it. Impulse cravings leave me feeling guilty and disappointed in myself. I think that's a really interesting, that's a really interesting thought is sometimes if we if we kind of go overboard as an impulse, then we feel guilty. That kind of goes along with my philosophy of choose. Like choose, really think about it and choose. Yes, I'm going to have this huge, delicious donut with the warm frosting. Yes, this is worth it. This is my choice. Um, versus an impulse to where you just kind of grab, you know, cookies that have been sitting out on the counter for three days. It was kind of just an impulse. It wasn't really worth it. You didn't really think about it and decide that that's what you wanted. So for me, I think that's a really interesting distinction and that works for me. So I love that one. That one really speaks to me. Someone else said, we are different animals. I can eat whatever I want. I could use a dose of guilt. More props to you. I think that is hilarious and awesome. Um, But I think that some people do want not guilt, but like a little bit of balance. You know, I'm telling you, intuitive eating, just listen to your body. We doesn't have to be so complicated. Listen to your body. Um, Another person said, work out the day of and the day after and keep the indulgence to just one meal or one thing. That makes sense. And again, some of these things almost kind of conflict with the idea of intuitive eating, but if it works for you and you're not doing it like it's a punishment or you have to earn it necessarily, then I think it's great and healthy. Someone else said, the older I get, the less I care. Life is short and enjoy. Listen, I always say, eat all the things, drink all the things, enjoy and celebrate. For me, the way I found that balance is I just choose. So if it's a Wednesday morning or, you know, I'm not, I'm not indulging because then when it is time to indulge and celebrate and drink the wine and eat the cheese board, I'm doing it. Someone else said, quote, never skip two. Have whatever you want at one meal, but then the next meal be back on track. Very interesting. Next one, mandatory hard workout beforehand. I think this is a great idea. Again, as long as you're not treating yourself as a, you know, kind of like a punishment, like you work out hard and then you're like, awesome. I did this crazy hard workout. Now I'm going to go to brunch. I'm going to fully enjoy it. And my body's still going to feel good because I move my body. I sweat. Now I have this indulgence and then I'm going to enjoy the day. Next comment, balance. Enjoy and moder- in moderation and crush a good workout the next day or before. A lot of similar thoughts here. I love it. It's super, super inspiring to hear people having a rhythm with this. Only splurge splurge when it's something you love. 
We talked about that. I, I think that's great. And then someone else told me about Find Food Freedom. So this is one of the groups that I was talking about. You can follow on social media. They have lots of blog posts. I had never heard of them in my research. So I love when people – that's one of my favorite things about doing this podcast and having this community is I learn about things that I didn't know. And so basically – they talk about they're the non-diet dietitians. Again, it's called Find Food Freedom, findfoodfreedom.com. There's a little hyphen in there so you can just Google it. And they're talking about like gentle dieting, non-dieting and listening to your body. And um, they're all registered dietitians, but they're just basically like taking a stand and saying no to the diet culture. So you can work in a group or you can do one-on-one. And they just help you make peace with food and care for your body and just work to improve your overall health. So that's one resource. Overall, I feel like I learned so much about intuitive eating and listening to your body. And for me, it made it a lot less overwhelming. Just listen to your body. Eat when you're hungry. Stop when you're full. When you have a craving, enjoy it. Think about all the things. Think about rather than if you do overindulge, write it in your little book by your bed and then make a different choice next time. If I ever get mad at myself like, oh my God, how did I eat that much or why did I eat that? I feel awful now. I always tell myself, well, get over it because you can't uneat it. So that's that. And now we move on. And then you learn, listen, life is long. We will have lots of meals. One overindulgence is not going to kill you just like one killer workout doesn't make you ripped for a lifetime. Like it will be fine. And I'm telling you, I, in that moment, if I'm ever like, oh, if I have that regret, I tell myself, well, you can't undo it. So move the F on. And then it makes me feel great. And then I'm like, okay, we live and we learn on to the next. And then often it makes me want to eat healthier the next day because I'm over full anyways or you know, I kind of scratched the itch. I I indulged in the craving and then back to regularly scheduled programs. Like I say with a lot of things on this podcast, I think mental health is one of the most important things that we need to focus on and that we need to protect in our lives. And I think that if we're spending too much time and energy focusing on what we're eating or restricting ourselves from eating or eating things that we want or what our body needs, I think that it can really have a negative effect on your mental health and nothing's worth that. Absolutely nothing. Who cares if you're a super thin person, but you're angry and grumpy and bitter and all that? Who cares? I promise you, you and everyone else around you would rather you have some extra pounds on you, but be happy and enjoying things and be excited to go out to dinner and look forward to meals and have this happy, healthy balance. Because like we started this podcast with, I guarantee you when you are 90, you're never going to say, God, I just wish I didn't enjoy that slice of cake on my best friend's birthday so I could have been a little thinner. No, we're never going to think that. Let me let me save you the suspense. Not a chance. We're going to say, God, I wish I would have lived more and loved more and enjoyed and indulged because that's what it's all about. We only have so much bandwidth and we only have so many minutes. So my goal in this podcast was to help help us all just take a second and realize how much our, does our feelings around food in our body involve guilt or shame and how important it is to focus on how we can change that narrative. I think it's really important 
And I think that it will not only make you feel so good um, with your body and your health, but also your mental health to kind of adapt this form of intuitive eating. Listen to your body and don't overly restrict yourself. Listen and trust yourself. Mute things or people that are spewing negativity in your ear because listen, we have enough of that that we can't control. That you can. So ignore the negative talk and let's focus on listening to our body and loving our bodies and eating and drinking and indulging and loving all the things and doing what makes us feel good and strong and fueled so that we have energy and enthusiasm for life and a clear head and a happy heart. Thank you so much for listening. I love this audience and I love this community and I am so grateful for you. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.